This is my Bible. This is the Word of God. I am who it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I can do what it says I can do. Tonight I'm going to be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'm going to be changed, and I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Never be the same. Well, this morning I preached on the power of the Word out of Hebrews 4.12. Let's turn there. Hebrews 4.12. The power of the Word. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, into, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen? It will get right to the heart of the matter. I'm not going to go over this morning what I ministered on, but did I leave us in the briar patch, or did we come out? We came out of the briar patch, okay. I didn't finish my message this morning. Isaiah, if you would turn there, 55, 13. I was, we were talking about the, the power of the Word of God. And that, that his word, there's power in it, and his, his word will turn hopeless situations around. Amen? Amen? And so in Isaiah 55, verse 13. Well, let's look back at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper into the thing where, in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing Whereto I sent it. Glory to God. So if you are wandering around in the briar patch, hallelujah, then God's word can bring you out of that and can set your feet upon a solid ground and it can turn all those thorns and all those briars into a myrtle grove. Amen? Because he can turn situations around in your life. That's what the power of the word of the living God will do for you. So he is calling out to us. If we would only apply the word, if we would have faith, remember we have to mix faith with the word because the word is not going to work for us if faith is not mixed with it. But what is faith? We said I liked David Briggs' definition, believing that God told the truth. 
It's just believing that this word is true, that God told the truth. So we need to believe that. And when we apply the truth of this word to situations, then he's going to turn our situations around, all for his praise and all for his glory. Amen? Hallelujah. So we don't need to, to wander around in the briar patch. So this morning, praise God, I'm glad we came out of it. Amen? How many of you believe that he can bring you out of that briar patch? That he can turn situations around? You know he can do that even with, even with, with uh, sickness or disease or financial prosperity, uh, financial uh, uh, lack, whatever it is, because that's what he did when we got saved. He turned a hopeless situation, Brother Renee, around. You were hopeless in the eyes of the world. But God turned that situation around all for his glory and all for his praise. Amen. Amen. All because of the power in the word of God. So his word is powerful. It's power. It's quicker than, it's sharp and it's quicker than whatever it is quicker than. What am I? I don't even know what I'm doing up here. <laughs> it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Man, the Holy Ghost is still, whoo, glory to God. Hebrews 4.12, whatever that says. That's what it, that's truth. Amen? That's truth. I hope our missionaries aren't listening to this one. You know, I got a phone call Friday from Brother Steve McGowan, and he was, I think he was washing dishes. It was 10.30, 11.30 at night over there, and he had sent Andrea to bed, and so he said, Sister Lenore, you were just on my heart. And I was, uh, I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, he said, I've just been listening to you preach, and he, had, he was listening to me in Thailand. So Brother Steve, hi. If you're going to listen to this in the next few days, uh, hallelujah. You look up that scripture and see what it says. Amen? <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, me. Hallelujah. He can turn hopeless situations around. You may say, well, Pastor Lenore, you need help. I know, I do. <laughs> I do. His word works. Amen? It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, and it will get right to the heart of the matter. That's what his word does. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 4. We're going to finish this sermon maybe tonight. Romans 4. Let's look at... Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. You know, Abraham exercised a faith in a situation that he found himself in. You know, when Abraham was an old, old man, a hundred years old, God told him he was going to be the father of many nations. Now, you and I know, you know, the, the word never changes, right? You know that old men and old women don't have babies. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I second that. Hallelujah. 
But Abraham found himself in this situation. He was 100 years old, and you know, Sarah was no spring chicken. She was old too. Yet God told him that he was going to be the father of many nations. And so that word that God spoke to Abraham was totally contrary to the situation that he was in, right? It was totally contrary to that. So Abraham had a choice. He could either believe his current situation or he could believe the Word of God. Amen? He could believe what God said about him. So he chose to believe. He got his confession lined up with his faith and his belief that God, what God said about him was true and that, that, that he was going to be the father of many nations. So see, Abraham's faith created hope in him, although both he and his wife were quite, quite old, and in the natural, you know, those, that just wouldn't happen. And she was barren. But God, but God said. And so he lined things up, got at the confession in line with his faith. He believed God. He believed that this was truth and that what God said was true and that he would fulfill the promise that God had set out for him to do. Amen? Amen. What God promised him, he was able and he was willing to do. That was how Abraham felt. That was his faith. Whatever God said, I believe he can do it. Now, all of us have been there, and then we have the circumstances come against us, and, well, I don't know. I don't know if God can pull this one off. Well, you know, there's got to come a knowing. A few weeks ago, there was a word that came forth about a knowing within us. There has got to be a knowing that we know that we know that we know that God can pull off anything that he desires to pull off. Amen? That his word is power. That it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. But we've got to get our believing and are confessing in agreement with the Word of God. We have to think like He thinks. We have to speak like He, he speaks. We have to act like He acts. We have got to believe and get our believing and confession in line with the Word. Amen? And we can't waver on it. We can't be believing God one minute for our healing and then the next time, oh, I don't know, God, if you can do this. No, we've got to stand firm. We cannot waver. We have got to know that we know that we know that this word is truth and that it will come to pass in our life if we will only have faith, if we will only believe that he is who he says that he is. Amen? Now, you hear me say that a lot, and you're going to keep hearing me because that faith is going to come. It's going to rise up in you. So we've got to obey the word. We've got to speak the word. And then he will turn hopeless situations around in our life. Amen? Do you believe that? Amen. He will. But we've got to believe this word. We can't waver on it. We can't be in faith one minute and, and, and out of faith the next. We've got to stay in faith. You know, God is the same. He's not saying it one minute and, and not the next. What he's done, he's done. This is it. There's no more pages added to this book. It is finished. Now we're going to have to believe it. And we're going to have to act on it. You know, I am so excited about what God is doing right here in Garden City, America. We've seen it happen all over the world. But I tell you, there's miracles getting ready to take place. 
And it goes far beyond headaches. Not that that's not important. You have a headache, it's important that you be healed of that. But I mean, there's miracles. There's miracles. They're getting ready to take place right here in Garden City, Kansas. Why? Because his word is true. And there's a people that has just stepped out that had just dared to believe him. Just enough. And to confess and know that he is God. And so there's going to be signs and wonders that are going to follow the believer. Amen? It's going to happen. Somebody asked me a question the other day, and you know what came out of my mouth? We're getting ready to see miracles. And they said, huh? I said, what'd you say to me? I was just thinking about it, meditating about it, and I didn't even answer them the right question, kind of like a while ago when I was trying to, whatever I was trying to do. I've just been, I mean, it, it, it's so, um, it's so in me. Things are getting ready to turn around. Hallelujah. The harvest is coming in. Hallelujah. And some of these old stick-in-the-muds are going to be saying, wow, what is going on? Well, I tell you what's going on. God's just still on the throne. He hasn't fallen off. He is just who he says he is. But there's just a people at Word of Life Church that have just dared to believe that. Amen? Hallelujah. So, with that, turn to Mark. I still don't know what I'm doing up here. Mark 5. Now, don't y'all go back and tell Margaret, and they'll never let y'all out of Gaiman again. Mark 5, verse 22. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of her physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. And she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, You see this multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Okay, we're talking about power. The power of the word, amen? And when we begin to act upon faith, begin to act upon the truth of the Word of God, then our believing becomes a transaction. You know, it's like you going to the store to buy uh, a loaf of bread or, or a gallon of milk. In order to make that transaction, you have to have what? You have to have money, right? All right, you have to pay for it. Well, I'm here to tell you, oh, hallelujah, it's been paid for. Amen. It's a done deal. It's already happened. Hallelujah. 
Whatever you have need of, whether it's healing or whatever, it's been paid for. Amen? We don't have to have anything. We don't have to have any more money. We don't have to have any more testimony. We don't have to have anything. It is finished. It has been paid for. Hallelujah. The transaction has been made. Glory to God. Amen? It's been made. So faith for healing or for anything else is a definite transaction. Amen? And that faith is going to loose what God has already made available to us. It's going to loose Him to do that because we're in covenant with Him. It's done. Everybody say, it's done. It's done. Hallelujah. So when we come to God with a need, we believe in His goodness and His willingness to help us, knowing that He is who He says that He is. And then we do something that's going to release our faith. This woman with the issue of blood, what did she say? She had spent all of her money on doctors. And she hadn't gotten better. In fact, she had gotten worse. But there was a stirring among her village. And she had heard about Jesus, who was doing all these miracles. And she thought, wow, if I could just get to him. Faith rose up in her because she had heard about all he was doing, about all the miracles that he was performing. And she had a need. And she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She said it. Remember this morning we, we talked about our speaking, about speaking the word? So that faith began to rise in her. Why? Because she had heard about all that Jesus was doing. She had heard the word. And so she began to envision what he was going to do in her life. See, I can envision what God is going to do in Garden City, America. I can see it. I can see it. So you envision that. You envision whatever that need is in your own life. You envision that. And she said, if I could just touch his clothes. If I could just touch his clothes. I don't have to go and, and, and have him give me a dissertation. If I could just touch his clothes, I would be made whole. She knew that. She said it. And see, her heart and her mouth were in agreement. So then she finally saw Jesus. And all of these people were around him. What'd she do? She didn't stand over and say, Oh, well, I'm probably not worthy anyway. It's probably not going to matter to him. I'm just a nobody. So I've lived with this for 12 years. I can just live with it some more. Is that what she did? No. no. She got in there and she made the press and she pushed herself in to him. You know, I, I can see her, her down crawling through the multitudes to get to him, just to touch the hem of his garment. I can see her with that kind of tenacity, with that kind of faith, trying her best to get to Jesus. She was going to get to Jesus come hell or high water. She didn't care what it took. She didn't care how many people were around her, him. If she had to get down on her hands and knees and crawl to him, she was going to touch the hem of his garment because she was going to be made whole. Faith had already risen in her, in her heart and she knew, she knew, she knew that her miracle was right there. Amen? So that faith 
came alive in her. And so she reached out her hand. She got to him, and she touched him, touched his garment. See, that was a point of contact for her. It wasn't just that she touched his clothes. You know what touched Jesus? Her faith. Her faith is what touched Jesus. And then he turned and said, Somebody touched me because power, because virtue has gone from me. And can't you see her over here trembling, fearful? Like, oh no, now what have I done? And he said, daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. 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 That's the way he wants us to be. To have that kind of faith. She touched him with her faith. Yes, she touched his garment. But that was a point of contact. It's just like when we lay hands on people. Me laying hands on you, there's nothing magical about me. But that's a point of contact for you to receive, for your faith to come alive and receive what God has for you. Amen? So that for, for her to touch his garment, for her to touch the hem of his garment, that was a point of contact. For virtue to come and to flow from him. His power to go into her. That's what faith is all about. See, she had heard about him. Haven't we heard about Jesus and about all that he did in this book? Well, does it not say that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Does it not say that he changes not? Does it not say that he is not a respecter of people? That what he's done for you, Mitch, he'll do for me. What he's done for you, Rosie, Phyllis, Lois, he will do for anybody else. He will do for that sinner out here on the street, for that drug addict, for that prostitute, for that homosexual, for that alcoholic, he will bring them out of darkness into his marvelous light. What he did to the woman with the issue of blood, he is well able to do today. Amen. Don't think that he is not concerned about us because he is. He is touched by our infirmities. He desires us to be whole. We are going to have to mix our faith with this word. Oh, we've got to know that we know that we know. And then we're going to have to work, watch our confession. And we're going to have to speak it all the time. This word. Like when I saw Pat here, she said, isn't God good? She's gone through some stuff too. Absolutely. God is good. He can do anything. He is concerned, saints, about everything that pertains to you. And in a few weeks, I'm going to get in on the authority that he has given us because he wants others to experience the life that you and I have. And he has given us that authority, you and me, to go, to lay hands on the sick and 
Mm, hopefully they'll recover. They will recover. That's what his word says. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not they might or oh, I hope it's the right timing. You know, faith is when? Now. now. Faith is now. Faith is never out of season. It's never out of style. It's never outdated. Faith is now. And so when we mix our faith, when we just know that God is who He says He is, and we mix that with the Word of God, oh, hallelujah. People are going to be saved, healed, delivered, and set free. Glory to God. And the harvest is going to come into the church, and the whole uh, garden city is going to be turned upside down because He's turned hopeless situations around. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 That's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if people need, need uh, a financial healing in their checkbook or their finances or a physical healing, restoration of relationships. He's big enough to do it. Amen. He's big enough to do it. So faith touches the heart of God. Saints, he has the power to do whatever you need done in your life. You need strength. The Bible says that his joy is your strength. You need finances. He says to pay your tithe. He'll open up the windows of heaven. He'll pour out blessings upon you. He says to give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give unto your bosom? He says that he's our provider. That he will provide for all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said that he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And the Bible says with your stripes he is healed. Well, you certainly don't sound like it, Pastor Lenore. That's right, but I know I'm healed. Doesn't matter what it sound like. Sound like a frog. But it doesn't matter. His word says, I'm healed. Amen. He desires above all things that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. So whatever your need is tonight, it's not too big for our God. He is all powerful. He is all powerful. His word, now I'm going to read this so I don't mess it up again. Wherever that was. <laughs> Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hallelujah. Say, the word is quick. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will cut right to the heart of the matter. Amen? Hallelujah. There's power in the Word of God. This Word is alive. He is alive. And He is well. Glory to God. And there is power in His Word. So we need to have the faith of Abraham that doesn't matter what our situation looks like. Hundred years old and you're going to be the father of many nations? What would we say? Yeah, right. But not Abraham. Okay, Lord. 
Sarah, an old, old, old woman, no spring chicken, and they're going to have babies? Yeah, right. But if that's what God said, that's what's going to happen. God says he's our miracle worker. Amen? He is our miracle worker. And we are going to see miracles. We're going to see miracles of the new birth. People are going to come to a saving knowledge of him. Like we haven't seen before. Because there's people outside these walls. Oh yeah, they're in Africa and, and Mexico and Honduras and Gallup, New Mexico and all those places that we're going to go. But there's people in Garden City, Kansas that are lost and without hope, without him in this hour. And he's going to bring them in. Why? Because they're going to see him in your life. They're going to see how he's changed your life, Mitch. And they're going to want what you have. They're going to see, Brother Lauren, how he's changed your life. And they're going to want what you have. Juan, they're going to see how he's changed your life. They're going to want what you have. Because Jesus lives so, so big on the inside of us. And his presence is so powerful. And that light can't help but come out. Amen? There's power in his word. There's power in his word. So we're going to have to start thinking a little bigger. Amen? He's a great big God. Nothing's too difficult for him. We're going to have to start thinking a little bigger. You know, Ephesians 3.20 says that, that God can do exceedingly, oh, hallelujah, abundantly, glory to God, above all that we can ask or think. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. How big is your thinker? I can think pretty big. Can you? Oh, I can have a pretty wild imagination. Well, you know what? God's bigger than any of that. He's bigger than any of that. He's bigger than anything. Abundantly above, exceedingly abundantly above, all that we can ask or think. So as His power works in us, we should ask bigger. We should think bigger, and our faith will become bigger. Amen? Amen? Why? Because we can't think as big as he can do. Hallelujah. We can't think as big as he can do. Amen? I'm just about to have a fit. This is just exciting to me. There's just something stirring on the inside of me. That he is bigger. He is bigger. He is bigger than what we can think or what we can ask. There's no reason for any of us to ever be in the molly grubs. There's no reason for any of us to act like we just want to go and eat a bunch of worms. There's no reason for any of us to ever be depressed. There's no reason for any of us to ever act like we've just lost our last friend. Why? Because God is bigger than any of those things. He's bigger than any of those things. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can think 
are all that we can ask. Amen? So we need to ask, start asking big. Well, I don't know if he can build that family center. You've got to be kidding me. A million point one and he can't build it? He owns, he, he owns all the money in the world. He owns the cattle on the hills. A million one? That's like this to him. It's nothing. Well, look at our little congregation. I don't see any millionaires in here. Whoever said he had to have millionaires? He just needs the faithful people that's going to step out and believe him. He just needs the faithful people that's going to believe that he's our source, that he's going to provide for all of our need. That's all he needs. Well, you know, we don't have very, you know, look at all this blue. You know what? He can do more with ten faithful than he can do with a million millionaires that don't pay their tithe and give. Amen? It's true. Don't ever think that you're, that you, you know, when we did our faith promise for missions, it just blessed me because I looked through some of the cards and some of them pledged $5 a month. That touched my heart to think that they were believing God. I mean, here are single mamas with babies and they're believing God to supply them with $5 a month. And what were they going to do? They were going to go buy a loaf of bread and bread with it. They were going to sow it to the nations. Hallelujah. You know what? God's going to pour out blessings upon those people. He's going to honor them. They're going to have so much money at the end of the month, they're, they're going to be able to give and give and give. Why? Because they put their faith on the line. That $5 is precious in God's sight. Don't ever think. Don't ever think that you don't amount to God. That you're not important to Him. Or what little you might have that you don't think that that's important to him because it's huge to him. Because see, he's not looking on your substance, he's looking on your heart. He's looking on your heart and he's going to honor your heart. He's going to honor your heart. Amen? Well, hallelujah. So we're going to have to ask bigger, think bigger, have bigger faith. Glory to God. Have faith in God. Believe that what God said is true. And we're going to start receiving above all that we can ask or all that we can think. I believe it. There's a knowing within me. I know it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you believe it, stand up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. God is good. All the time, He's good. Say, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. I can, I can ask or think, or think. And, I can think big. and I can think big, and I can ask big. Can ask big. Oh, but God, oh, but God. Can, do more than that. can do more than that. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that it is powerful, 
that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, that there is power in your word. And so, Father, I thank you that you're, you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above, beyond all that we could ask or all that we could think. I thank you, Lord God, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray for every one of these right now in Jesus' name that they will go, they will lay hands on the sick, glory to God, and they will recover in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that sickness and disease must bow its knee to your name because you are all-powerful. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you that finances and the lives of people are turned around for your praise and for your glory, that financial blessings are going to come into the body of Christ, that the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the right, for the, for the just. Hallelujah. So we call that wealth forward, uh, forth now in Jesus' name. Satan, I command you to take your hands off of God's people and off of the wealth and let it come forth into the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, that you're a great big God and that you can do exceedingly abundantly above anything that we would ask or think. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, we praise you. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Well, glory. I'm going to have to quit. I get so excited, I get to hollering. And that doesn't do my voice good. Amen. How many of you are full of faith? How many of you believe that God's word is truth? That he is who he says he is? Amen. How many of you are ready to go out and, and lay your hands on people and, and get them healed? By the power of the Word of God. I mean, ready, go out and let your light shine so that people can come to a saving knowledge of Him. Amen. It's exciting. Stay in the Word. Learn of Him. And He will show Himself real to you and to others. Amen. Father, I thank you for this people. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord God, for Pastor Jeff as he goes in for surgery this week. I thank you, Lord God, Oh, I thank you that he's the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And for Brother George, that he too is healed, that I'm healed. Everybody's healed. Glory to God. Oh, we give you praise and we give you glory for that. How we love you, Lord. And how we thank you for being ever so present with us tonight. We give you praise and we give you glory for who you are. And we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you go? Have a good week. God bless you, I love you, and continue to walk in faith. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.